Hello and welcome to episode 722 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, August 1st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, the deadline was pretty wild. How are you recovering? Uh, I slept through it. Oh, well, then you didn't have to recover. <laughs> yeah, no, got- I, uh, I recorded in the morning with uh, Bobby Sylvester over at Fantasy Pros, and I was recording in the afternoon with uh, Bubba uh, from the you know Bench with Bubba podcast, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've got a four-hour nap window. It's either that or not sleep today, so uh, I, I took my nap, and you know what? I, I'm okay with it. Well, you woke up, and you had plenty of treats to open, right? So waking up on Christmas, and you get to go look and see what happened. Let's quickly review our picks and uh, before we really get into things, because it's kind of funny. I, I, we had a guaranteed mover each, a long shot mover, and a should go but won't. Guaranteed movers, 0 for 2. Yes. I had Zach Wheeler to Houston. You had Robbie Ray to New York. Both did not move, and uh, they didn't move at all. So you know, I'd have counted it if we had at least gotten the player moving, uh, if, even if it wasn't to the team. Nope, nothing different Zach for Houston. We'll get to that in a moment. Long shot mover, Zach Granke to the Dodgers. Again, I'll take partial credit on that. He was the Zach that Houston got. Mm-hmm. Could not believe it. Uh, Edwin Diaz to Boston. They did nothing, dude. What did you think about uh, Boston standing fully pat? Boston stands pat. Uh, the uh, the Yankees stand pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dodgers pretty much stand pat. It was a weird deadline. I don't really understand. I mean, I get the Dodgers doing it because the Dodgers go, why pay for stuff when we've got more stuff in the minor leagues that are that are pretty oh, much yeah. ready? Uh, we're already, what, like 15 games up in our division? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they, they don't need to improve necessarily. Everybody else needs to improve in the NL to try to catch them. Exactly. They're, they're sitting on top of the mountain for sure. The Yankees are losing people like it's the Black Plague. Uh, and Boston is in a race for that wild card spot or one of those wild card Mm -hmm. spots. So I, like, I don't get them standing pat. And they just put Luke Voigt on the, on the IL. He's probably done for the year. How is Jesus Aguilar not a great fit there? Yeah. Or, or Justin Smoke. Smoke, Smoke, uh, staying was interesting. Toronto was active, but Smoke stays. So that was interesting out in the, uh, AL East there. And then we had should go, but won't. And we both blasted our teams. But Castellanos did move. He went to the Cubs, which was heavily rumored. We'll get more into that uh, in a moment. So I got that one wrong. Uh, you were right. You had Bumgarner. So that was the only one that was like truly correct outside of the partial credit for me saying Zach uh, Greinke was a long w. shot over. I'm, I'm okay yeah, I mean, I'll take the W. You know, we, we knew they weren't going to do much. They did pretty much exactly what I expected, move a few small pieces. But they also <laughs> – I got to be honest. The one move that the ad that they made uh, for the Giants – I didn't hate it with uh, with Scooter Jeanette basically for free, like a player to be named later mm-hmm. and or money. I can't remember, but it's not going to be anything impactful. And he's been brutal this year, but I don't think that's who he is. So if he is healthy, uh, you know, outside of learning that he's actually still hurt and has to go back on the IL or something, I think that could work out for them pretty well. Yeah, I, um, I mean, we're going to talk about their moves a little bit later on, but uh, I like mm-hmm. both of them. So, yeah, I thought I thought what they actually did. Ended up working well, despite obviously holding the big pieces of Bungarner and Will Smith. But let's get into the uh, into the big moves here. Let's start with Zach Greinke going to Houston in a massive deal that was late, too. So it was a shocker for those of us that were watching everything unfold at, at, at the at live. It was like, oh, my God, Greinke to the Astros? And then what are they going to get? You know, how much money is going to go? 
And it turns out, you know, that the Diamondbacks got rid of a bunch of that money and um, they didn't even have to pay that much. And they still got a pretty strong return. They got uh, Corbin Martin, who we've seen this year. He wasn't great, but uh, he's, he's certainly he interesting. Moments. Yeah, uh, he certainly got talent for sure. They got uh, J.P. Bukowskis. Um, they got uh, um, who are the other two? My uh, goodness, Seth I'm Beer blank. and Josh oh, Rojas. Seth Beer, a new pick, and Josh Rojas, who I believe is an up and comer as far as a uh, a prospect, uh, as far as the prospect world goes, that they like. I believe Alex Chamberlain is pretty high on him. I think that's who it was that uh, that uh, Jeff Zimmerman had referenced. So a four pack there for Grinky without having to pay much of the money. I think they're sending over sixteen mil, twenty mil. I don't know, that's something like bad. that. It really wasn't too bad. Grinky's due seventy mil over the next two seasons of his contract. The Most oh, and the D-backs twenty million of its deferred money too. So yes, uh, and the D-backs will pay a third of that. So they get rid of two thirds of Grinky's money and get four solid prospects. I thought they I thought they made out very well here. I thought overall for a team that's not truly a contender, they had a big day. Uh, Arizona did, and we'll get more into a smaller move that they made in a moment. But let's talk about Granky to Houston briefly, I, only because I don't think it changes too much, except that could they possibly make him better? Oh, man. If any team can, it's going to be the Astros. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I don't necessarily think he's going to be better, but I think he can be what or pretty close to what he's been in yeah. Houston. And when that's your number three starter, that's insane. Um, it it really is. Yeah. I mean, their their top four now is going to be Verlander, Cole, Grinky, an amazing top three, and then um, Wade Miley at four. Mm-hmm. And then of course they'll continue to kind of run a merry go round. Oh yeah, they did get Aaron Sanchez, who they could. Oh, now that one we'll get into a little bit later that, too, and that, and that could be that's yeah that's that's my you know that's going to be one of my quote unquote sleeper guys for next year unless he completely goes off. Uh, the rest of this year, but uh, yep. Aaron Sanchez is is going to be on all of my teams next year. He was on all of my teams this year, so I've had a hard time quitting him too. I, I finally did kind of break free this year, but now that he's in Houston, I'm definitely intrigued. It's just it, it's something about Houston, and there's a few organizations like that, and I, I, I I'm fine with that, right? You know, you mm-hmm. give them the benefit of the doubt, and you kind of see what happens from there. They have so much talent though that they can take four pieces. Uh, out of the like top 10 of their farm system, and they still have a strong farm system. That's the craziest part about this club. Who do you like best going to Arizona in this, and are any of them fantasy relevant for the rest of this year? Um, I mean, I like J.B. Bukowskis, uh best out of this group. I think he could develop into a number two starter. There's, okay. a, there's a real chance he could be a reliever as well, but if he is, I think he is a dominant reliever. Uh, we grade him out on the site as having uh, a 60-grade fastball, 60-grade slider, a 55-grade changeup, and a 55-grade cutter. Uh, the command can be elusive at times, and we've seen that throughout his minor league career, uh, especially in Double A so far this year, where he's walking you know five and a half per nine. Uh, but the stuff is electric, and uh, and I think there's still a little bit of growth there too. So getting the humidor in Chase Field uh, will be beneficial for him, I think. Uh, but, yeah, I think he has the upside of, yeah, like I said, a number two starter and the downside mm-hmm. of a uh, what should be an elite reliever. A strong reliever, exactly, yeah. So um, Seth Barrett was only 18th in their system. So they weren't all top 10, but a beer, recent draft pick. I don't like the beer. 
the beer acquisition. Beer cannot play defense. Like so, going to the NL is, is very going, bad. Is going to be a real problem for him uh, in terms of finding a path to the major leagues. I don't believe he has a similar build, but at least in the minors, he's he's cutting a little bit of like a um, um, Dan Vogelbach profile mm-hmm. here. The, the walk rates aren't quite as high, but it's that power with with an eye. He's got all the power. No defense. All the power. I mean, dude, dude's position is straight hitter. Uh, if you go and look at our grades for him on Fangraphs, uh, twenty grade speed. Yeah, he's got some twenties going there. Thirty grade field. So like that's Yikes. that tells you exactly like he is a statue out in the outfield or at first mm-hmm. base. So uh, that I I didn't love that though. I mean, who knows what happens in the CBA? Maybe they finally do bring the DH to the sure. NL, and that's what the Diamondbacks are betting on by the time that he's ready. Uh, somewhere halfway through 2020 that uh, he can be a full-time DH or something. Uh, sure, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, I just I, – I, the way the, the leagues are constructed now, I don't love beer in the NL. Yeah, I think that's fair because uh, yikes. He, he, he almost seems, without having seen him play – he almost seems more of a, a statue out there than Framil Reyes, who was recently mm-hmm. blessed with a trade to the AL uh, oh. for his own. And we'll use that as a transition into so that deal. Excited. Because that deal happened uh, the night after we, we podcasted last. So mm-hmm. we actually have to talk about the Trevor Bauer blockbuster deal. So Trevor Bauer goes to Cincinnati. They'll have him through next year. They uh, It was a three-way deal. So Taylor Trammell goes to San Diego from Cincinnati. And then the Cleveland, and there's a couple small prospects. Uh, I think it's Victor Nova and Scott somebody. I'm sorry. I do uh, not. They do. Victor Nova and Scott Moss. Scott Moss. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I don't think that they're major fantasy players right now. No. So what's going to Cleveland that matters is Yasiel Puig, Fran Mill Reyes, and Logan Allen. So heck of a deal. An absolute blockbuster to kind of kick off the deadline, um, even though it was on July 30th. When you first saw this, uh, what, what what were you thinking here? When you once you learned the particulars, uh, when I first saw this, the first thing I thought is this is going to be the best trade deadline ever, right? Like I just thought that oh my god, they're even starting early because you know Wednesday is the the end of it. I I thought we were going to have this crazy trade deadline. I thought everyone was everyone was going to be traded. Uh, I thought we were going to do a four-hour podcast today. Uh, <laughs> so it was a little bit of a letdown after the Bauer trade. I mean, Granky trade, was it was great and stuff, but th- this Bauer trade was amazing. Three-way trade. Bauer goes to Cincinnati. Puig, going to, Puig and uh, Fran Mill going to Cleveland. I don't necessarily get it from San Diego's perspective, other than it kind of ends a log jam in the outfield for them for now yeah and i think that's okay though too because of of where that log jam is and what it is is um unathletic outfielders too yeah and you get somebody like tramel who's markedly better defensively i think he's a bit overrated defensively personally i know we grade him out at like 60 right now with a with a potential for 70 I don't think I necessarily think he's that good defensively. Uh, Chris Blessing uh, posted some videos of him after he was traded because he's had a, kind of a down season and really lost a lot yes. of the uh, prospect hype that was on him. Uh, what he is is blazing fast. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he hustles. And that's one of the things that Chris wanted to highlight is that even in a, like a down year, he hasn't dogged it. He's really worked hard. Uh, he continues to work hard. And so he, he's a, he seems like a good guy to bet on uh, and maybe a good buy low in fantasy. Uh, I just, it feels like San Diego gave up. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I guess they didn't. How much are you getting time. for a DH though? Yeah. And Logan Allen, you know, he hasn't been great in, in a, in a sample this year. He is a pitching prospect of no, but they need I don't that pitching. Like they need the, they have no pitching. Like but I thought they, they were they going to flip. They trammel. don't have the pitching up yet, but it's coming. I mean, their system is loaded with pitching. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like that's the one thing that they have that they could give up one of those guys. I mean, they have uh, Gore, yeah, Morion, Patino. Um, I mean, Espinosa. His health has been a, a problem for sure. Baez, uh, Ryan Weathers. You know, Andres Munoz is a bullpen piece, but he is a pitcher. Uh, Cal Quantrill, who's been making an impact this year. I, th- I think they have enough pitching to where they could make that move. I didn't hate it for them. Um, I thought. You know, getting rid of Reyes was the right move. He just he's completely redundant of yeah, uh, and I and Redford. I get that. I just thought I really thought they were going to then flip Trammel in a deal for Syndergaard. Like I thought that's, that that would have been what this what this was that they didn't want to give him Mackenzie Gore, but they'd package Trammel with like Patino or something like that and uh and go get uh Syndergaard. They didn't do that, and they, obviously they still could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, maybe in the off season or go get a front line starter because that's what they need. Uh, so I just wonder, like, how much more did they need to throw in to cut out Cincinnati in this deal? Like, yeah, what exactly. did they really that... need to cut out to get just get Bauer? That is interesting. What 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 could they have done there to just make that where they end up with Bauer? Because then you have Paddock and Bauer at the front of your rotation. Yeah. Oof. You Two got, big dogs, you man. Power. You, you, yeah, you got Bauer. You, <laughs> I just called him Power. You know, about oh, Pat- I like that. Paddock and Bauer, Lamette, Lucchese, and then either Quantrill or, or, or Lauer is your fifth. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty darn good starting rotation. You keep together a ton of that offense already. The bullpen's really starting to come together with Yates and Munoz and Baez and Strom. Uh, that's like that's a really good like looking team for next year. Sure. Yeah, I just didn't understand, you know, just maybe the move for them uh, in that regard. That being said, uh, Bauer to Cincinnati, I know some people are a little worried about Great America Ballpark. Uh, Eh. I'm not that worried. The strikeouts go up, you know, he goes to the NL. Yeah. Kind of trading one thing for another. Um, So I thought it was a nice move by Cincinnati, setting themselves up for a a shot at the playoffs next year. And then I love this for Cleveland because they they finally address – the needs that they've had all season long, which is outfield uh, and adding a little bit of pop to that lineup. Uh, I know some people are worried about Puig moving from great America ballpark to Cleveland. I'm not, I'm not worried at all. I mean, he, he was just in Dodger yeah. stadium and uh, he actually should run some more now because the Indians are like fourth in the majors hey. in stolen bases. Shut up. Yeah. I, I did notice that. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about that move at all for uh for, for Puig either and of course for Fran Mill it buys him full time yes. and getting off the uh off the field as a DH so there is a little bit of a transition to being a DH um you know it takes a little bit of getting used to for players yeah I think uh the 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 shorthand is that there's like a 10 percent discount in offensive performance just 
because of the coldness. Twenty percent more playing time. Like exactly, okay, I'll, I'll take that all day. It's a good trade-off volume-wise, and this guy's power plays for days. And I'm not even sure that he's necessarily going to uh, really fall off that much because, like you said, the the added volume. So Reyes is is big time here. Um, not to mention gonna... from the Indians' perspective, they just added like a dude who's crazy in terms of getting into brawls and like the biggest guy in the world. So like any yeah. sort of fights that break out, they, Reyes they... can back can cash the checks that Puig's mouth. Yeah, uh, right. Even though Puig himself can cash that. Oh checks. yeah, I mean, but but if they need any backup, Reyes is there. I'm, I'm just surprised Amir Garrett wasn't added to the trade afterwards. Oh my. God, what a kamikaze crazy move by him. That was absolutely insane, uh, and I loved every second of it. Did you Even see a, the uh, John Boy breakdown of it? Yes. Oh, my it, God, so funny. It, it's it's so – I love his breakdowns, by the way. J-O-M-B-O-Y. Follow him. Just search it. You'll, he'll come up on Twitter. He has a YouTube page. He does yeah, his breakdowns. The They're hilarious. watch all of them. It's just you, – you'll and lose yourself there. He's a brilliant lip reader. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I, I can't read lips for crap unless it's very obvious when you put that bottom lip under your teeth and it's going to be an F-bomb. But everything else, I got nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm awful at it, though my wife still hasn't figured that out after 10-plus years of marriage. <laughs> and so she tries to mouth things to me when – you know, our kids are in the room or, yeah, or, like, or I don't, I was like, I, I, I don't have no it. idea what you're saying. Like, I just, I don't get it. And then she gets mad at me. Like I told you, I was like, when, like, I, I, don't. I can't, yeah, I can't read lips. You're going to have to try harder there because I, I'm just very bad at it. John boy. He's not though. So definitely check that out. Here's the thing. Let's assume you have kind of a balanced fantasy team. All right. Obviously if you have a, a, a certain need, you would lean that way. But if with a balanced need, would you go after Puig or Grinky more for your stretch run in an AL only? Because mm. they both come over to be big-time pieces. I think I'd go for Granky just because uh, pitching is so volatile. Yep. And it's so easy. You, you may be balanced now, but all it takes is, you know, some of us were feeling really, really good with like Blake Snell as our ace. Like And Brandon Woodruff as like your third because yeah. you struck and gold on all him. All of a sudden it's like death. So yeah, I mean I've got a I've got a few teams where like, oh I I was feeling really good three weeks ago about my pitching staffs and now I feel awful. So yeah, uh, yeah that I mean I would probably always kind of lean pitching when trying to acquire unless I need have a hitting need. So Plus, and it'll tell you know, I've got a hitting need. And so uh, I'm not, you know, I'll put a bid in for Bauer and stuff, obviously, but I'm, I'm really focused on Cassie. Exactly. Um, and one thing in the, uh, and one thing in the NL is that yes, these other guys won't uh, run perhaps like Puig will, but if you don't get Puig, you can either get Reyes or maybe Jesus Aguilar. Who, who was in a deal uh, to Tampa Bay that we can get into uh, in a moment. But, yeah, I thought that – I think I would lean toward Granky too, if I had a ba- balanced set of needs there as opposed to favoring one or the other. But it's going to be interesting. There was a lot of cross-league stuff, so both NL and AL only leagues are going to have some interesting moves coming up this weekend, including a new closer possibly in Atlanta. I- I'm going to th- – think that Shane Green's going to get the job there, oh, yeah. uh, especially as, you know, I wonder, it's, it's impossible to say, and it's definitely like one of those things that we just kind of paper the narrative over everything that's happening, 
but they're like blowing a game as the deadline's going on. Now they did come back to win it in the 10th, but it was kind of funny how it's like, you know, they haven't made a move yet. All they did was get Chris Martin from Texas. Are they going to do anything else? Oh my God, they're blowing the game. Okay. Well then they got Mark Melanson and then they got Shane Green. So they made three moves. They went the volume route. So did the Nats, by the way. I thought both teams did well, but let's talk about Shane Green. If you have, if you want to make a play for Martin, you can let me know. But I'm going to favor Shane Green here for the fantasy angle, as I think he's most likely to get the closer's job. Yeah. Is that how you see Atlanta playing out as well? I agree. Yeah, I think it's Shane Green. I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, yeah, I think I think Martin becomes the next man up if something happens to Shane Green. So, so your Jackson shares are just burnt, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. He's probably especially in mix. Yeah, he's probably like fourth or fifth. Yeah, because now. Melanson might even be third. Yeah. They're literally their three new guys might be one, two, three. Yeah. And so, uh, by the way, yeah, the think... Giants' best trade of the day was the Melanson deal. Was the Melanson deal getting Again. out from that contract completely? Yeah, they, they they made solid moves after all. You know, as, as as much as I railed on them beforehand, knowing that they weren't going to be able to really tear it down thought they made some pretty interesting moves. So, yeah, the focus there is Shane Green. If you're the safe speculator, you can probably get Martin or Melanson very cheap. Just don't have high expectations of them. Because, you know, Green's not pitching to a 118 ERA that, he's, that he has right now. But he's pitching really well. Like, his skills are definitely uh, improved from last year when he was awful. And, you know, he's a, he's a solid pitcher. He's, he's one of those, you know, mid-tier type closers. But I think he'll be relatively solid for them. Getting on a good team like the uh, Braves will certainly help. And he's got 22 saves on on the lowly Tigers. Tigers have 31 wins or 32 wins, and he ha- 31 wins, and he has 22 saves. That's a That's pretty amazing, pretty crazy rate. It just tells you that every time the Tigers win, it's close. Um, as far as what they got back, we'll cover it quickly because I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with the Nicholas Castellanos deal. He goes to Chicago. What they got back from Atlanta for Shane Green was Travis Demerit and Joey Wentz. Demerit is a utility guy, second-base outfield type uh, with big power but big swing and miss. Joey Wentz is an interesting left-handed pitching prospect. I want to focus on Demerit because he's busting it. He's killing it at AAA. He could come up and replace uh, Castellanos, I mean, this weekend I feel like he could. So what did you think about that once Castellanos left, and is Demerit somebody you'd look at in the AL only, or even maybe a mixed? He's a guy I might be interested in AL only. Uh, he's been an interesting prospect for a really long time. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. he, he's been in uh, minor league baseball since 2013, uh, and uh, some people had some really high hopes for him at one point. So. Including Eno. Yeah. Eno loved him, and he had a PED suspension, so that certainly hurt. Uh, but the power has played throughout. Of course, he's taking advantage of of the rabbit ball in AAA, 20 homers in 96 games. Um, takes his walks, but does strike out a lot. Has a 27% rate of AAA. You'd probably expect that to balloon around 30 as a major leaguer. But if it has enough pop, it'll still play. Yeah, I, th- I think. Uh, and the fact, like you said, that he walks uh, is is a big deal. And so... Uh, I mean, he could slide in kind of to that number two hole uh, that Castellanos was in. So, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Christian Stewart on the IL. Yes, uh, concu- concussion. well, concussion. Yeah. It's still so IL. It's shorter, shorter yes. IL, but yes, keep well, an eye on that. Those can last. It's a shorter minimum, yeah, but it can, yes. yeah, it can last the rest of his career as far as, you know, we, we never know. Uh, yeah, they're very devastating. Um, so. Let's talk quickly about Brandon Dixon. Um, 
and oh, I was I had another name. I can't remember who it was. It doesn't matter. It's like an ALA play. But Brandon Dixon could be the beneficiary here if Travis Demerit doesn't come up. Do you have any interest in Brandon Dixon? And if so, what type of league format? Uh, I have Brandon Dixon uh, in, I want to say, TGFBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has 14 homers and four steals, by the way, this year. Yeah, Just like weirdly. He's first base and outfield eligible. Like that, I like so, extra. Which, you know, kind of that bench bat that can kind of fill multiple spots for you if something happens. So, uh, I like him a lot, and I mean, he's not anything. I don't think he's going to go crazy or anything in the second half. But I mean, his eight nine home runs, I don't think is out of the question for him. Especially and if he adds with some a new playing time, yeah. Yeah, if he throws a couple more SBs there, like I said, he's got four. So that's Brandon Dixon, a twenty seven year old. Walk at all. So, no, I no, mean, loves OBP swinging. leagues, you probably want to avoid him. He has a 292 OBP to go yeah. with his 256 batting average. So keep an eye on that. Um, it, it's not a guarantee that Travis Demerick comes up. It could just be that Dixon basically assumes the role, uh, which would mean Goodrum would go to the outfield. Dixon would go to first base, and they can switch interchangeably. But yeah. but for the most part, it would be Dixon playing a lot more first base. Okay. It so, looks like the Tigers are trying to add flexibility, which is – uh, yes. smart, I think, for them, especially having some guys on the team, Mickey, uh, that, uh, you know, are <laughs> unflexible. So. Well, yeah, they're, they're blocking, and he's blocking the, the spot that teams love to rotate players into to give them, like, a day off. He's blocking off DH and just, uh, you know, owning that. And so, yeah, they want to get everybody else to be able to move around, and that is what they're adding here a bit with guys like Goodrum, uh, Demerit, Dixon, John Hicks, um, Jimmy Candelario has even been bouncing from third to first a little bit too. So we'll see how that plays out there. Nothing too crazy as far as what the Tigers could do. Let's move over to Washington quickly because um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of fantasy viability here, but I just want to check with you to make sure. They went the volume route just like their counterparts in Atlanta, and uh, they got Daniel Hudson at first, then Rowanis Elias, and then Hunter Strickland. Strickland and Elias did not come over in the same deal, which I find remarkably interesting just because it it just seems so weird to make two trades with the same team on the same day. Like you get one guy and then you're like, hey, I think these, they had their Elias? eyes. Yeah, I think they had their eyes set on somebody else that fell through. Yep. Perhaps green because the Tigers yeah. were hardlining on Carter Keeboom. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I think that's what happened. They, they had their eyes on someone else, maybe green. Uh, may have been Will Smith, who knows? But uh, uh, then obviously they they need to go get one more guy because the real hole in this roster has been the bullpen this year. Forever, well, forever. Yeah. I mean, since the, in this competitive window that they've had, they continue to have bullpens that just underperform. And uh, I termed it on the the live stream that we did yesterday: Doolittle and a bunch of clowns. Well, they alleviated a little bit of that. Uh, a lot the, of that. They, I mean, they've really yeah. There's a lot less clownery. Bullpen, yeah. So Doolittle's still the guy. Mm -hmm. But his health profile is not strong. Mm -hmm. If you're the save speculator, say you're in an NL only where a middle reliever is perfectly viable or a deep mixer, who would you spec on as as Doolittle's backup? I think I'm going to go Strickland. Okay. How weird is it that he's on that team, by the way? I, I said on, I think, I can't remember what podcast I said it on yesterday. I think it was uh, the Bench with Bubba Pod, uh, that the biggest troll move is if he takes Harper's number. Dude, that would be hilarious. I mean, I don't know if they'd even let him do that. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I thought I thought he was a total loser in all of that. Like I thought he started. Oh, he it. totally is. Like, yeah. He, but it like, would be but really funny. It would be an eighty grade troll job it to really fucking would. to take his number. Uh, so, like I said, I, I don't know if the the Nats are even allowing anybody to take his number, much less him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if they would, that would be amazing. It, it would it would be kind of funny, but uh, yeah. So Hunter Strickland uh, goes there with Daniel Hudson, Rowanis Elias. They really lengthen their bullpen. Hey, you know the the fantasy trickle effect would be for the starters. Their wins are going to be a little bit better mm-hmm. preserved, yeah. as anybody with them has no doubt felt the pain of that bullpen. So good moves by them. I thought they had a strong day. Uh, we mentioned my, that Castellanos my pick to make it to the World Series. Oh, I like that. My, my dark I mean, horse they've pick, got uh, yeah. they've got the talent, man, and nobody's on them this year. So maybe this is the year that, without the hype, if if and when they make the playoffs, they actually who wants to go up first. against that rotation in the playoffs? Oh my God, Scherzer, Strasburg, and uh, Corbin. How amazing would a Nats uh, Astros series be? I'm just saying it, it'd be it'd be really great. A lot of it'd be almost a throwback, right? With all the great starting pitching, you know, we've seen so much bullpen play these days. Um, with with six of the best starters in the league, six of the what top 12, 15 starters it would have, that that'd be insane. Um, I mentioned Nicholas Castellanos is gone. He went to the Cubs in a move that was long rumored and seemed like the right fit. Um, is it though? Cast- uh, yeah. Why not? Defense. Eh, yeah. You've that, got, I mean, you've now got uh, Castellanos in right. And and Schwarber and left. I mean, Jason Schwarber's Hayward, defense is a lot better than you think, though. It's no, it's not. It's a lot better than it used to be. Yes. So, but still, Actually, that's still a lot. Down. He's back down this year, though. Yeah, the, the, I, it's still I, I a lot of ground out. for Jason Hayward to cover. And he's actually, I think Hayward himself, his defense in center has actually been rather poor. So he kind of needs to be on a corner. Um, not anymore. I, he's playing every day in he center can't. field. No, yeah, he has. He has to be in center field because you're not putting Schwarber or Castellanos there. But Castellanos, I feel like, I don't know. You could you could interchange he and Bryant and put Bryant out there a little bit here and there. I think Joe Madden will mess around. Honestly, I think they needed the the capability of hitting lefties more. I thought they had to go with it, and then they can defensive sub. Um, Albert Amor and Tony Kemp late in games. So I do think that that could affect Castellanos from a volume standpoint. I think he's going to get pulled out uh, mid and late game situations, especially if, you know if he's done some damage already and they feel like, hey, let's go ahead and jump out, uh, get him out, get some defensive replacement there. So that, that might actually be a little bit of a negative move, even though he's going to the better ball club for Castellanos. So be careful on that. Not really anything actionable, though. You're obviously not going to cut him. Maybe just keep that in mind when you put your bids in NL only league for Castellanos. He also uh, moves down the lineup. So, yes, that's another good point. Yep. I mean, he, so it's a double whammy there. Yeah, he's Ross Resource has him batting six right now. Uh, I mean, he'll have a lot of RBI potential in front of him, but uh, there's going to be less at-bats from that, and then uh, obviously less run scored uh, coming with hit, hitting in that part of the lineup. So uh, just something to keep an eye on or keep kind of keep in your mind. You're, you're obviously not dropping him at this point no. because it is a, a better part change, a uh, better team around him. So. Uh, that's that that's obviously a bonus, and like I said, he'll be probably my top bid in NL Tout this week. Yeah, I mean, he's still a good hitter. Um, you know, he hasn't been as good as he was last year, but 
I, you always wonder though too in a year where a player is just rumored all all day every day about being traded how much that impacts them at all we can never really know but uh maybe now that it's all settled he's got a new team he's in chicago maybe castellanos takes off again we'll see um zach gallon for jazz chisel was probably the most interesting deal of the day from like a Wow, you don't really see that very often. The proverbial challenge trade with prospects. What did you think of this? You mentioned you love it. Did you love one part more than the other or just like the whole deal together? I like the whole deal together. I think this is a win-win for both teams. I Uh, agree completely. I mean, Gallon has proven so far that he is a very good pitcher. Obviously, he's still learning some stuff. Uh, The move from you know Miami Spacious Ballpark to Chase Field with a humidor doesn't concern me a ton. Nope. Uh, I, th- I thought both teams kind of addressed what they wanted to address. I mean, Arizona's really got an interesting team for next year. If Luke Weaver comes back healthy, we're looking at a rotation of Gallon, Robbie Ray, uh, Luke Weaver, Mike Leak, and Merrill Kelly. And oh, by the way, yeah, let's... John Duplantier... Uh, you know, at some point going to be in that rotation. I mean, you know, now they also have Corbin Martin. You know, I mean, this this is a team that is uh, uh, pretty interesting from the rotation standpoint. And the offense has been pretty good this year, too. It, it really is. And, yeah, we'll loop in that Mike Leak deal there. Um, that was a deal where they're also not paying a, a whole bunch of the money that's owed to Mike Leak because it is a pretty big deal. Uh, I think he's making like 15 mil next year, which actually isn't even bad for an innings eater uh, and a guy like that. Like six of it or something. Exactly. Exactly. So So I I thought they had a great day, Arizona. I thought they had the best day, honestly. I mean, I think you can make the argument Houston had the best day because they got the best piece. Sure. Uh, You know, or Cincinnati and Cleveland had pretty good days, uh, you know, the day before and stuff. But uh, I, I thought from just a straight kind of addressing what you want to address, Arizona did just a fantastic job. Yep. And, you know, the Marlins have a lot of pitching depth. And so they they needed a prospect. They they might have bought low a little bit on Jazz Chisholm. He's not having the best year at double A. And um I think they the, did a great job. They they like you I said, think so they've too. got a they've done a really good job of identifying pitching talent, uh, but they've not done a good job of identifying uh hitting talent. And I think Chisholm is is a nice piece for them to to kind of build on. Uh, you, you kind of pair him with uh, Isan Diaz, and now you've got like the middle of your infield set for the next you know seven years. Exactly. So I thought that was a really interesting move. Not not as crazy fantasy wise because we agree that Zach Gallon going to Arizona is not a big deal, um, and, and Jazz Chisholm's not going to be up this year. But I liked that trade a lot. It was really interesting to me. Mike Leake going to Arizona, better team, humidor. But pretty neutral, right? But how how interested are you in NL only leagues for Mike Leake uh, if you're looking for some innings? Mm, not really my style in terms of an NL only pitcher. I mean, if you're just looking for innings and kind of just a compiler, a guy who's not going to really hurt you, uh, you know, too much or anything like that, I guess he's fine. But six strikeouts per nine, like yeah, it's not like what yeah, you're, you're not really getting, looking for. If you're struggling in strikeouts. You know, you can't really go for him. He's just not going to really help you that much. Maybe not even more than like a reliever does um, at at this point. So, but you know, he's 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 who he is. Mike Week. He's a fourth, fifth starter type. He can go on runs. Um, you try to avoid him in the worst matchups. 
but sometimes he beasts against a great team and gets his clock cleaned by a bad team. He just got to kind of play the numbers if you're going to go with somebody like Mike Leake. Let's continue on here. Trevor Richards and Nick Anderson to Tampa Bay. Ryan Stanek and Jesus Sanchez to Miami. Miami making another move here. And this was a surprising one, the intra-Florida move there. Um, a bit of a stunner as well. But I like this for the Rays. They get Nick Anderson, who's electric arm out of the bullpen, and Trevor Richards, a decent starter with a great single pitch, the changeup. They do move their big-time opener, though, Ryan Stanley. I, I kind of felt like I, li- I liked him in Tampa Bay. He had that role, and uh, that was fun. But, you know, you, you got to go for the value where you can. I think they, they felt like they were getting some really good value here with Richards and Anderson. Uh, I will point out that Jesus Sanchez ranks – third on Eric Loggenhagen's uh, ranking of the prospects who moved behind Trammell and Chisholm. Uh, he says corner outfield prospect with plus-plus bat speed and a track record of performance. Play discipline is below average, which creates risk of him falling short of his offensive potential, but it sounds like a nice pickup I think for the Marlins as well. I think he is arguably the best prospect that moved. So that's another hitting prospect that yeah. they picked up and another Strong move by the Marlins. I got to be Marlins, honest. Marlins had a really nice day as well. I actually didn't even realize until we just uh, until just a few seconds ago when you said it that Sanchez even moved in this deal. Yep. Uh, I think that's a steal for them. I mean, Trevor Richards, good pitcher. Nick Anderson, I think he could be a closer uh, in Tampa Bay at some point, uh, or at least get some saves. But man, Sanchez has some real potential to be a real impact bat in, in the major leagues. And uh, that's exactly, like you said, what they need is uh, a guy who has uh, the, you know, just an uncanny ability to hit the ball. And uh, there are definitely some concerns and a little bit of the prospect hype is uh, kind of worn off. I, I still think he has the potential to be like a future, you know, top four round hitter in fantasy. So uh, okay. I, I think he, they did really, really well. Yes, that's Jesus Sanchez, just recently up to AAA. Hasn't really done much in 18 games, but did put up a 116 WRC plus in AA. Uh, switches from Tampa Bay to Miami. Uh, Richards and Nick Anderson. Obviously, the bullpen's been interesting for the Rays this year. It's been difficult to figure out. You can never really get a firm handle on what they're going to do at closer. Is, is Nick Anderson a threat to take that job? I think eventually he is because he's just got such electric stuff and it's just been a nightmare situation in Tampa Bay where they've got all these guys with a lot of talent and none of them can seemingly grab this job and run with it. It's like they're great until they get the role for a little while and then <laughs> that, that extra little pressure of the ninth inning with no fallback there. Emilio Pagan and Diego Castillo are currently slotted both you, in you as closer. You hear the old school Twitter trolls out there going, that's why you need to experience closer. I like Anderson a lot. I think there's a, a real shot that he could at some point uh, grab this role. Even if he doesn't, he can be really helpful, kind of boosting up your strikeouts for cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I've already got him on a, a number of teams, and I'll be holding on to those shares and probably grabbing a few more. Yeah, see what happens with it. Trevor Richards put up 112 innings of a 450 ERA, uh, a little bit under a strikeout per inning with 103. He was over a strikeout per inning last year in 126 innings. Solid 26-year-old arm. Uh, has that big changeup that works for him. Was just without a spot at this point, though. It was finding uh, finding it tough to 
get consistent starts there because of all the pitching they have. Now, of course, they move Gallon and Richards. That really clears things up in Miami. But uh, I imagine he'll slot into the rotation for the Rays, maybe with an opener, maybe not. Frankly, for fantasy, we'd love it with an opener because then he gets a better win probability, right? What do you think of Richards? Anything that you want there in a mixed league or just AL only? I think mostly AL only. Maybe you spot him. It's, just, it's a tough division to – to kind of roster a guy like Richards, considering he's going to be seeing a lot of you know, of Boston, especially, but New York, and uh, so I don't know that I would. I, I think for them, this is kind of trying to set up some sort of potential playoff rotation, uh, especially with the fact that we haven't really had any good news on Tyler Glass now in a yep. while. They just lost Blake Snell. Uh, who you know for who knows how long after that kind of uh, clean out of his elbow. So uh, this is kind of uh, as much as I've been praising a lot of teams. I, I don't get what Tampa Bay did for this trade deadline. I just I am super confused by it. It's a, a little bit frustrating. You feel I feel like if they were going to trade an arm or sorry a bat like Sanchez out of their minor league system, they would have gotten more. Like, I, I don't yeah. understand why this wasn't part of a bigger deal to go get a Granky or go get, I mean, obviously you're not going to pay Granky's salary, but go get sure. someone impact. Uh, you know, I just don't. Perhaps they tried and couldn't it. find those avenues. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to say for sure. The, the mantra that continues, though, is that they don't care at all about our fantasy teams because they also acquired no, Jesus no, Aguilar. They don't care. They are, like, specifically, like, they do care. They care so much they want to destroy our fantasy teams. <laughs> like, this is this is not, like, uh, we don't care about your fantasy. This is malicious. They were they looking try to put at my roster. Every and, spot. Yeah, yeah, they were just yeah. like, we would like to screw with you. I mean, uh, okay, so they still, uh, or the, the, the roster resources updated. But, like, right after the trade deadline when I was breaking them down uh, with Bubba, uh, they had a total of, like, uh, like seven bench bats listed and like two starters. And, and I was just like, this is what Tampa Bay has done to us. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's just that that's just where they're at. You know, they pick up Jesus Aguilar from Jake Faria. Uh, Richards basically covers any any loss of Faria. And um, you look at it with Aguilar and his playing time is, is going to be scant. I think it's going to. Well, depending on how many lefties they run into. The AL East does have a good number of lefties, so he might find uh, stretches of playing time that really work out for him. He'll get the occasional start against righties, but for the most part, he's there to crush lefties and uh, and what take time away from when, Nate Lowe. You know, Brandon Lau comes back, or Yanni yep. Diaz comes back, or Joey Wendell. I mean, this That's was the a, weird part. This was, this was a team that was already having difficulties getting some of their better young bats plate appearances. And now you're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna add to more confusion to that. Oh, did they already send uh, Nate Low down? Because he's oh, not. Oh yeah, even, I guess I'm, they did. Yeah, I did, didn't. I don't even have him listed on roster yep. resource, so they must have they sent did. him down already. Like, why? Like, why? Nate Nate Low is better than Jesus Aguilar. Mm. Yes, just stop it. Nah. Stop it. Nah. At this, yes. Nah, it's yes. not a guarantee. He is. What, and, and Jesus Aguilar's season has been a guarantee. He's been awful this no. year. No. Yeah, but he's, he's turned it around. 
He started off horribly. He started off absolutely terribly. I, I like Nate Lowe. I just don't know that it's like guaranteed that he's. I, I thought they were going to platoon though, so I'm not. I don't. I don't want to be caught in going against Nate Lowe no, because you I'm hate actually Nate Lowe. You hate him. Love him. Love him. I know love? Blake. I know Blake Snell listens. Uh, Snellzilla, send send Lowe a, a text no. and tell him. Tell him I love. Allsport loves Nate Lowe yeah, no, very this much. Is, this is this is atrocious. Unbelievable that you would besmirch my great name like this. Um, but you're right as far as like just the clutter of everything that's uh, that that continues to pile up in in Tampa Bay makes it difficult for us to assess anything. But like I said, they don't care. Um, or like you, or what you were saying, they actively care and they want to continue yeah, to. No, yeah, and they want to watch the world work. This yeah, is they like watch a the world scorned burn. ex-girlfriend type stuff. I mean, <laughs> they this just is, keep making yeah. moves to to further all, all of my jerseys out on the front lawn on fire. Like it's, just... <laughs> I told you to stop wearing jerseys. Yeah, like you know, I know you love these more than me. You know, type behavior. Not that I've that, ever yeah, that, had that happen. I was gonna say that sounded real. That sounded yeah, really yeah. real. I'm glad the wife uh, does listen to the podcast. Let's jump to the. I mean, I guess the the Hasty Zagar was a smaller move. We're in the smaller move realm for sure. Tanner Roark to Oakland, solid move though. Smaller but move. solid. I loved it too. I thought that's exactly the kind of thing that Oakland needs to do. They still need starting pitching. They got Homer Bailey. Obviously, he's not some answer, and they needed two or three arms even when they got Bailey. So uh, Tanner Roark, I think, is even a better acquisition than Bailey. He just is who he is. He's se- he's a steady Eddie type. Uh, at least as far as the bottom line goes, there can be vo- volatility within the season, but you feel pretty confident that at the end of the year you're going to get about 180 innings of a of a mid four ZRA uh, with you know not a great WHIP, but if the runs aren't coming on the board, then you don't really care about the WHIP as far as a real life team. Uh, for fantasy, it's a little bland, but I thought this was a good move for the uh, for the A's getting Tanner Roark. Are you interested in him for an AL only, or I, even uh, continuing to? Are you staying interested in a mixed? Uh, I think I'm getting interested in a mix. Uh, I mean, the strikeouts have been kind of back up this year. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the defense behind him is going to be pretty good. Marcus Simeon's been really, really good at shortstop. He has turned himself into a stud. So the left yeah. side of their infield is absolutely elite. And I just, uh, so, it, you know, Oakland Coliseum, obviously better in Great America Ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I kind of I I made I, I made some joke that I, I got a lot of heat on. Remember when Cincinnati was like playing in Mexico earlier in the year, and yeah. like, like there was this video of uh, Tanner Roark uh, um, p- like throwing pitches in the in the, like the parking lot or or foyer or somewhere of uh, yes. a hotel, and I was all like, oh the the bellboy just hit it out of the park. <laughs> um, I, like Reds Nation came after me. So oh um, wow, uh, who knew it, they had so much love for Roark who hadn't yeah. even really done anything for yeah, them yet he'd, he'd been awful too at that point too so uh but i i like him in this kind of uh kind of this move this is one of those sneaky a's moves that i think can pay off uh just in kind of an underrated veteran pitcher uh that's yep. gonna eat some innings for them and uh maybe he gets a little bit of bump because he you know he doesn't have really any time in the american league so it's not like hitters are gonna have seen him so uh yeah no i like this move a lot you know, and and we're well removed from them, but he does have two full seasons, 199 and 210 innings of sub three ERAs, and so you know when he gets hot, when Tanner Roark gets hot, he can really go. So he could be one of those guys you pick up thinking he's going to be a five, six, seven starter on your fantasy team, and maybe you you get the the two month run where he's a a three or four instead. So keep that in mind as well. There is a, a tinge of upside with Roark, and I think you've outlined why with the infield defense and the more spacious confines at home. 
Uh, Scooter Jeanette and Mauricio Dubon, separate deals, but they both go to San Francisco. Uh, we don't even know for Jeanette, it's either a player to be named later and or cash. But for Dubon, it's Drew Pomeranz and Ray Black to Milwaukee. I don't think Black or Pomeranz are fantasy relevant. So let's focus on Jeanette and Dubon. I think Dubon's going to start in the minors for them. I, I, I think, or, or just continue to stay in the minors, which is where he is now. Yeah. But Scooter Jeanette, I thought that was an interesting pickup. Like I said earlier, like he's been terrible so far this year, but that's not who he is, I don't think, unless he's still hurt. So as far as adding a little piece here, I thought that was a nice little move that they made there. It's it's a rental, but uh, get two months of Scooter Jeanette, see what he can do. This is a guy with a 124 WRC plus over the last two seasons combined. Yeah, and you know me. I'm just a huge Scooter Jeanette fan. <laughs> so, uh, I, I love this. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's already started to turn it around. Uh, I mean, he's in, been hitting 265 uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, the, the hard part for this is it's obviously going to sap some of his power, but maybe then he, for just, sure. he so he becomes just a better version of Joe Panic, who they already had. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, because that park, I mean, just eats power. Yeah. Um, and I think they're done in Coors, so you can't even get like that one series there where you can make some magic happen. And um, yeah, that. Oh, actually, no. It start. They start a series tomorrow there. So oh, nice. Scooter's getting there just in time uh, to face a righty, righty, and a lefty. So we'll see if he can take advantage of that. But um, it's not a bad move though. And and yeah. if he was starting to get cut in some and leagues, Panic has just been awful. He's just he, he been really really is. atrocious, which is unfortunate because he is a fan favorite and has a really cool name. So. Uh, that allows you to you know do a lot of puns and things. He makes like great that. contact. He can He's he can even defender. take a walk. Uh, yeah, it just I don't know why he can't get it going at all. You know his BABIPs are terrible, man. Two eighty seven career. He's at two fifty one this year. I I had been told this a long time ago, and you know obviously he's you know held up somewhat decently uh, over that. Uh, there was some real concerns about how his back was going to hold up over time. Oh, okay. Uh, he had had a back injury about three years ago, and uh, some of the team doctors were really concerned. I, I was always surprised that they kind of continued to let him just be a full-time player. So I wonder if maybe we're starting to see the uh, the long-term ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because he just hasn't been the same player over these last two years that he has been previously. No, he really hasn't. That's Joe Panic. stay on the field either. Exactly. Um, that's Joe Panic has just 98 games this year. Um, or hitting 232, though. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's rough. Uh, Dubon, Mauricio Dubon, made the briefest of appearances this year in the majors. I think he was called up for like weekend stints mm-hmm. and didn't really gain anything. Uh, an interesting Super prospect, Gus. So, yeah. Are the Giants going to call him up anytime soon, or or what's the plan there? Uh, I think in, in your the, best guess. I think the Jeanette trade means they probably won't okay yeah because uh, crawford's locked in it sure yeah i mean i guess he he could play some third and with longoria kind of out for a little while uh he he could play some third but uh, i think he'll probably spend the majority of the year in uh in triple a uh kind of get uh you know coached up through their system uh and uh and then you know probably be the everyday second baseman next year so, yeah. I, you know, obviously Jeanette will be gone. Uh, Panic uh, is, you know, becoming a bench bat. Um, and so he will probably get, yeah, everyday run uh, at uh, at second next year, which uh, is exciting. And dude with pop and speed. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super pumped about this trade. 
Yeah, I thought it was an interesting move there by, by the Giants um, and give some pitching help to Milwaukee in the form of Pomeranz and Black, though neither yeah, fantasy viable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Ray Black can uh, throw him on here, but he has no Drew clue where Pomeranz putting together a hot streak to allow this to happen. Exactly. That's, that, I mean, he had he pitched in like three games and was great in those three you know, out of the pen, and they're like, oh, and there was some heat behind him, and now like, straight asset now. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I mean. Uh, Zahidi did a really nice job at this trade deadline. He did. He did. For being as ham- uh, you know, handcuffed as he was to not really be able to tear it down, I thought he ended up making some really sharp moves, so hats off there. Corey Dickerson goes across Pennsylvania. I think it's across. I don't it know is, if it's north it and south. Yeah. Okay. So he goes from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. He goes from, um, from west to east. Okay. Yeah. So I did have that right in my brain. Excellent. Good job, brain. Uh, he's killing it this year, albeit in a tiny sample because injuries have struck once again. But he's really shown that he was not a Coors product. Obviously, he's several years removed from Coors, and uh, he's done well as a, a Ray and Pirate the last several years. Health has always been the consideration. Uh, he's only played 44 games this year after a nice strong gold glove season last year, which was particularly interesting. He did hit 300 and 533 plate appearances too. Dickerson on Philly, is that something that you're uh, interested in? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, my article that I wrote, my first ever article on Fangraphs, my Corey Dickerson is not a Coors product yes. back in 2016, is finally uh, f- finally coming true. So, <laughs> it re- I mean, it really has because he has not been uh, limited. His first year in Tampa Bay, he only hit 246, uh, but hit 24 homers. I'm sure people were like, yeah, see, Coors. Yep, but, I uh, a lot of those. But, I mean, he's been... When he's on the field, he he's been very very good and exactly. Uh, and health has been his major issue. He made some changes in 2017, had that breakout season, uh, lost a little bit of the power in 18, but continued the batting average and strong so far this year in the 44 games. He'll be an interesting piece for Philadelphia. Is he going to play full time or, or probably uh, have to get platooned here? I'm trying to figure out. I think out. he's going to play pretty close to full time, uh, at least starting out. So. The way it would probably work is that Kingery would go up from third to the outfield and Michael Franco would come in. Why? Why? I'm just saying that's probably how no. it would work out if there is a platoon scenario for Corey Dickerson. I if he hope can't that get the full time. actually happen. Well, maybe it'll be for Adam Hazley then. Maybe Hazley at Kingery will go to center and then Franco can come in. Yeah. And Hazley sits out instead of Dickerson. Because Dickerson, I mean. I don't think he crushes lefties, but I also don't think he's anemic against them. I feel like yeah, he can. He's not Michael Franco. Who is, dude? Who can, who can be so good as to be Michael Franco? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I like this. It's, it's a nice pa- uh, park factor shift, too. Going For sure. From that spacious ballpark in, in Pittsburgh to a much smaller one in Philadelphia. Um, I, I kept making a, uh, a, re- a recurring joke on, on one of the podcasts about how these teams are really saving money by just trading within their states. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, since Cheaper tickets to send them off. Like they don't yeah. have to pay for a plane ticket. They just put them on a Greyhound. Yeah, here you go, um, man. Ta- you know, take, take an Uber Tam- X Tam- over Bay there. Trading with Miami and uh, now Pittsburgh and Philadelphia trading. And just really the pinching pennies. Um, uh, That's hilarious. Is, now we can't trade them across. We have a better deal with San Francisco, but then we have to fly them out yeah. there. We can't do it. We can't do it. The relocation <laughs> is just... You know, to it's, it's, it's draining the organization. That's it, really. Funny. I was I was watching uh uh God what's uh Moneyball the other day and the whole scene where he, he like he he like trades for soda, mm-hmm. like as part of like the Pena deal. 
Um, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> just like, oh, you know, you wonder how much like these GMs think about this stuff. Like, listen, I'll save a thousand dollars if I don't have to fly him out to California. Yeah, just uh, you know, I can I can save that money. I can put it somewhere else. I can get one more wrap soda or something like that. Uh, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, and then the last move that we're going to talk about here might not pay major dividends this year, but it's an interesting move for the future for sure. And that's Aaron Sanchez and Joe Piagini to Houston for Derek Fisher and I believe another player to be named later for Toronto. You mentioned Sanchez at the outset. Uh, and I mentioned Derek Fisher and he didn't be traded in the last pod. So like oh, this, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about this. Like, Derek Fisher just needed a new location. Oh, he absolutely um, did. Perfect, just wasn't going to play. Yeah, perfect landing spot for him because they don't care about his defense in Toronto. I mean, they're running out guys like Grichek and Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield in, in, in Toronto. So, uh, And then Aaron Sanchez, man, if he can – Oh, my God. People forget, like, he had, he had comps of, like, un, super unfair comps of, like, Clayton Kershaw – uh, and and pitchers like that coming up, mm-hmm. like he was the hottest pitching prospect in all of baseball for a little Dude, while. If they if they make this one work, I mean they're they're unimpeachable. At, you at, you at, actually at this have point. to kick them out of the league. Like, yeah, because it's like just not being fair anymore. You know, tur- turning Cole into an ace just exposes Pittsburgh mm-hmm. for their flaws because a lot of people did see that coming. I, sure. I loved Cole. And he had he had, I- had an ace like season. Correct. Um, and, you know, even even Wade Miley was not all of them. Milwaukee had some things with Wade Miley last year that they just have carried on and maintained him to be con- uh, strong. The The idea that Verlander had some major demise before getting there is the, one of the most overblown things that I, I just I cannot stand, uh, particularly as a Tigers fan. It's so stupid. Where is the demise of of Justin Verlander. He had one bad season. The the core injury that he played through. So he had one bad season by his standard. It's jealousy. We we love Kate Upton and we wish we were with her and we're jealous. So we just take it all out on on Verlander. I mean, you can't take it out on her. That wouldn't be fair. That'd be very rude, yes. Yeah, you take it out on the guy who is, you know, with the most beautiful woman in the world other than my wife. Mr. Steering, good save. Good like save. That? You like that? Uh, yeah. That was a really good mm-hmm. save there. I don't no, even know she, what she looks like. I don't look at other women she, on the she, internet. Yeah, she. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just she she she'd be the first to be like, yeah, I, I'd leave you at the door if I walked into their bedroom. So. Jen, Jen always makes jokes that she'd rather walk in. I mean, looking at like uh, Kate Upton picks than Justin Verlander stats. She thinks I'm I'm more I'm more aroused by looking at Verlander's fancraft's profile than like any sort of swimsuit issue of Kate Upton. I'm like, you know, that's probably not that wrong. Let's just be yeah. real about it. Um, but let this is this is the test. This is the reclamation of all reclamations. Aaron Sanchez has been effing awful this year. 113 innings of a 607 ERA. And listen, it's late in the season. It's hard to move your ERA. But usually when a guy throws seven shutout, uh, or I guess I thought it was a better outing. I thought he had a seven shutout. It was only five innings and it was one run. So that ruins my point there. Yes, but even that only point. moved it from 626 to 606 and i just think it's funny that like even his best outings are 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 still keeping him within the sixes so what's the remedy here obviously he's got the great breaking ball but he doesn't know how to command it all that well he's got a great sinker same sort of deal do you have a remedy in mind are you just gonna let houston work their magic i mean i'm assuming they're gonna take him underground to that magic pool that they put every pitcher's uh hands in Yes, and um, then and that then way it comes you out and it, yeah, it's it's I just the pine tar the pine tar to the veins. Like I don't know what they do, but uh, they're gonna figure it out. 
Um, if Houston can't fix Aaron Sanchez, nobody can. He has to retire. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's in his contract. If Houston can't figure it out, you have to retire. Yeah. I mean, because he's, he's, he's got a I, – I, I can't believe this. He's got a negative 14.1 P-Val on his fastball this year. Oh, my God. Which is amazing because in 2016, he had a 20.6 P-Val. That's nuts, dude. So, yeah, that like, sinker was disgusting in like, that season. They, that was the year he had a three I ERA. Think I think they're going to fix him, and we're 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 going to be looking at a guy who uh, is is really surprising next year. And and I'm going to ruin all so of too. his sleeper value. Same, because um, we're fighting we're, to do it. Yeah, we're we're talking about. I'm talking about drafting him in August right now. Yeah, uh, and you know, draft season's not for another you know five six months. So. Uh, I'm okay with it, though, because Aaron Sanchez, I've always been a fan and a believer. And I actually, I really like Joe Biagini, too. I'm a, I'm a yeah. little bummed that he was traded from Tampa Bay because I was really hoping he would be a sleeper for From sales. Toronto. Oh, yeah. Sorry, from, from Toronto, yeah. The crazy thing was people were specking on Daniel Hudson, assuming Giles would be traded. I think the injury really clouded the ability for them to trade Giles. So their actual closer stays in place while the two backups – Hudson and Biagini were the ones that were traded, so that was kind which of interesting. Becomes interesting, like I can't remember, like so, so many pods yesterday. I can't remember which one it was, but like someone asked me, like who am I specking on if Giles, you know, be, he continues to be out in Toronto? Uh, Tom, Tom Hankey. That was the joke I made yesterday. Just go with Tom Hankey <laughs> or Dwayne Ward. I mean, they just bring someone back from the eighties. Yeah, because I mean, there's nothing there. I guess you go with Derek Law. I um, just guess, because dude. the walkout music is so amazing. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's the only thing that you could really put there. I mean, you're that not going to put Sam Gaviglio in there. Like that is like that is the the Tom Murphys of bullpens. Like, it really like, is. I who the hell is Buddha Bosher? That's not a player, dude. Shut up. Oh, sorry, Buddy Bosher. Boshers. Still not a player. Still not a player. Like Justin Schaefer? Like, I guess he's the first man up. He he got Tim the save the other he got the save the other day. Yesterday, yeah. Tim yeah. Mize is a lefty, so he's not gonna get it. There's just a lefty bias. You have to be really good if you're a lefty. Um Derek Law did some things with the Giants a few years ago, but has definitely been pretty mediocre since. So they, they won't do this, but you know what they should do? Put Trent uh, Thornton in the ninth. Oh, that'd be sick. Maybe Sean Reed Foley's the guy, and not this he year, could but be. like. Yeah, I think that might not be a bad idea. I Maybe mean, that, that's something that they really liked in the past, but he just is yeah. not. He watches too many guys. Yeah, and he's only 23, so maybe he comes out of it, but I don't have a lot of hopes that he's just going to learn how to not walk guys over the course of five, six innings. Uh, but maybe in a one, two inning stint, something could happen there. So we'll see if they if they look for that in the future. Giles is obviously still somebody oh, look, who can John be traded. Axford's in their AAA system. <laughs> oh my God, it's going to be John Axford, isn't it? Closer right there. Yeah. Well, is Giles oh, back? He's Giles right is now. back, though, right? Yeah, but for how long? Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand his elbow. But, uh, okay, well, that's interesting then that uh, they still couldn't move him. That I thought he was just going to be on the IL through the through the deadline, and that's why they couldn't move him. But, no, they, they, they weren't able to get anything done. I guess they were asking too much or I who knows. I think teams what. were just scared of the potential. I mean, they, he, had pretty, he had gotten a quarter zone shot the morning of the trade deadline. Yeah. So, I mean, why would you invest real assets into that? That's fair, especially because it would cost you something real because he's uh, for next year too. Giles is. Yeah, I mean, you so could, you could literally be trading for nothing. 
and you'd be you'd be given at least one name prospect, I would imagine. So that's a good point there. But that wraps up the deadline. We kind of highlighted our winners as Arizona, Houston. I think Atlanta and Washington did good jobs filling up their bullpen. Um, the the stand pat teams, New that's, York, yeah. Boston, St. Louis. I think those are the three that stand out. The Dodgers did like few cursory moves. Um, and they didn't need to really do anything. Who's the biggest loser between New York, Boston, and St. Louis? Mm, I think St. Louis is. Same. I, I said that on VSIN this morning with Gil Alexander, and I, I, I gave the other two teams almost a pass, to be honest. I thought Boston, because they don't have a system to really dip from, and so they just have to kind of ride it out. And New York, they just have a bunch of talent. Anyway, they can probably figure it out. They think their trade acquisitions are going to be the guys that get healed. Like they're gonna p- pull their guys off the IL as their acquisitions. Meanwhile, the Cardinals made the big Goldschmidt move. They're actually in first, despite some of the like. I feel like there's been a cloud over the team pretty much all year, and yet here they are tied for first, and they stand pat. Uh, okay, not fully. They made like uh, Tony Singrani for Jed Jerko, but like for the most part, they stood pat, Justin, and that really that really blew my mind. Supposedly, man. Matt Thompson was telling me, you know, huge Cardinals homer that the Mets offered Wheeler for Bader and and the that. Cardinals said no. I would have done that. I, I don't understand how you don't. I'm in first. I'm doing that, dude. This Come is, on. You Not only are you in first, this is not a team that can compete in the long haul. That's the thing. Like, exactly. Look, it's a go, shorter window, right? Yeah, go look at this team's contract situation and tell me that they're not going to have to blow this up in, in two years. And let me be clear. I actually do love Bader, but I'm also honest about what he is. He's a fourth outfielder who can't hit righties. So you love yeah. the defense. You love him crushing lefties. But is he really going to learn at 26, 27 how to hit righties? Probably mm-hmm. not. I make that. Plus, they just sent him down, too. Yeah. So they're not. it's not like they're using him. Anyway, they have an outfield of O'Neal, Fowler, and Jose Martinez right and now. O'Neal is a great defensive uh, outfielder. Fowler could still hold his own. Uh, Martinez is bad, but you can you can injury or you can uh, defensive replace him late in games after he hits well for you. So I mean, no, will be back at some point. Carpenter oh, will yeah. be back shortly. I mean, this is a team that is in first place is going to get some injections just by guys getting healthy. Why aren't you making a run at this? Yeah, because there's nothing coming off the uh, the IL that's going to compare to what uh, somebody like Wheeler could do. Oh. And that rotation absolutely needs it. So hearing that, if that is true, then they botched it, in my I, opinion. I think they were given a really good offer right there. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, just completely botched it. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're the big losers. I, I think for me, the Yankees are as well. Like, I, I understand Boston not buying as much because I think their team – well, I think they definitely could use a, a, a closer. I, I think their bullpen sure. is a mess. But like, let's that just be fair, too. That that rotation can carry them. Exactly. And let's just be fair, too. They, they're they living on a grace period. They just they won just last won year. Answers, yeah. Like, they don't it's not as it's not as mission critical obviously you don't want to give away opportunities but they can make the playoffs and then once you're in they could do the same thing they did last year where they they finagle their starters as relievers and kind of piece it together that way so i give i do give them a pass and i agree with you that new york takes a little heat but st louis took the brunt of my heat when i was posed the exact same question the earlier for me is there's no prize for just making the playoffs no, 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 no! Not New York, man. Yeah, well, and not after the last few years, and not exactly. after they're what they're up like eight games in the division. Uh, like they, Houston just got a lot better. Now, yeah, they did. Standing pat 
does means you are no longer in the same league as, as Houston. So, Not unless James Paxton turns it around. I mean, the, Severino I, I, comes back. I was I mean, to say I'd have to do five ifs, and yeah. then that's not that's not a good Luke position. Boyd's not out for the season. Giancarlo Stanton becomes a player again. DJ LeMahieu continues being otherworldly. Yeah, and then the bullpen holds up. You get Batanzas back, and the other guys pull their weight. So, you know, you can see a scenario where we could look back in October and say, "See, this is why they didn't make moves." But I still, especially with Luke Voigt, they could also hurt. be out in the first round. Like they could yep. lose to the wild card team. Well, it won't be the wild card team, but they could lose in the first round to the Twins, and that's it. Or or Cleveland. I I, I picked the Twins, but Cleveland's three games back, and they improved themselves. Three so three games back. I am, but I'm going to make up the deficit, and I'm going to go start doing that right now. And that's going to end up uh, end the show, Justin. Great talking with you on this deadline. Good luck this weekend making your moves, particularly in your only leagues where the new players are coming, but also in your mixed leagues where uh, player values have shifted. And uh, we'll be back next week talking more baseball. Take it easy.